Every podcast topic is crafted and led with the thought of you in mind. And just like this podcast, I also have a published book. It's called Without Ruin, Pearls of Wisdom for the Triumphant Woman. You know, pearls are so precious you would want to protect them. But the same cannot be said about these pearls of wisdom that I've gained along the way. In my book, I've covered all the bases for living a life free from sexual compromise. I want you to have these pearls and I want you to pass them on to others around you. If this 30-second plug has captured your attention at all, you need to get the book Without Ruin Pearls of Wisdom for the Triumphant Woman. Written by me, your host, Berthina Jackson. Head to Amazon.com to get your copy. Ladies, your natural instinct is to worry. You worry about your children, your health, your relationship, and everything else under the sun. It's a classic case of worry wart syndrome. If you tend to worry needlessly, you are not alone. Welcome to the She Strives with Faith podcast with Berthina Jackson. Berthina is a two-time divorcee, single mother, and war veteran who suffered from anxiety, but learned to let go and let God. Berthina will share captivating and down-to-earth conversations on how to strive by faith. Here's your host, Berthina Jackson. beloved sisters. Welcome back to the She Strives with Faith podcast. Happy belated new year. I hope you enjoyed the holiday season. Thanksgiving, Christmas and new year blew in and was gone like smoke. I'm so thankful God allowed me and my family to cross over into the new year. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and get into today's topic. Why don't we? You know, my undergrad is in social psychology, and one of the books I refer to often was the DSM-4, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorder, 4th edition. It's a publication by the American Psychiatric Association and is used by psychologists, psychiatrists, and other medical um, professionals when classifying mental disorders. Now, I know y'all didn't ask me for all that, but I just wanted to give the breakdown. Now, this book is enormous, but it covers every mental illness from A to Z. And since this episode is about narcissism, I wanted to know what the DSM had to say about narcissistic personality disorder, which I will refer to as NPD. It's a much shorter version. So anytime you hear me say NPD, I am referring to narcissistic personality disorder. And that way you will not be confused when I say NPD. Um, So anyway, you know, I believe I was married to a narcissist and maybe you are too. Maybe you are dating someone that is narcissistic in behavior and you just don't know it. Now, once I share this information, please, please Don't start labeling men as narcissistic just because they meet one or two of the conditions that I will mention later. Leave that up to the doctors and therapists for now, okay? I mean, sometimes our minds be working overtime, just overanalyzing everything, but we're not qualified to 
label anyone narcissistic. I know I just did with my ex-husband. Because honestly, after reading up on narcissistic personality disorder, yeah, I, I think he had it. He had it. He had it. But anyway, let me start by telling you what's in the DSM. How about that? And what the psychologists are saying about NPD. And then we'll look at this thing from a biblical perspective. And finally, I will tell you the characteristics of a narcissist. And then we'll just keep it on, keep, 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 keep it on moving. Oh, I forgot to add on January 24th, I will share this, the type of women that attracts a narcissistic man. And finally, on January 31st, I will share how to handle a narcissist. So this is a ton of information, but it's broken down into bite-sized pieces. Because I truly care about my sisters and I really don't want y'all to be misinformed, uninformed, blindsided, not knowing. Just, yeah, I don't want that. And I know that I haven't met any of y'all, but that don't matter. I just want to put the information out there because it's important. So here we go. Let's go ahead and get this chat started. Elsa Romingstam and Igor Weinberg they wrote a scholarly, a scholarly paper on NPD. And according to them, characteristics that stand out the most with a narcissist are grandiosity, seeking excessive admiration, and a lack of empathy. Ronnie Stam and her friend Weinberg also stated that these identifying features can result in a negative impact on an individual's interpersonal affairs and their life in general. And I think that's why narcissists um, don't have lasting, fulfilling relationships. But anyway, in most cases, on the exterior, these men, they act or behave with an air of right and control and power. They dismiss others and frequently showcase condescending or full-of-yourself attitudes. But here's the real deal. On the inside, these men battle with strong feelings of low self-esteem issues and they feel inadequate. They feel like they don't measure up. And I'm sure you've heard this before, right? If you've done any research on narcissism, you've probably seen that before. Now, in general, psychologists define narcissism as a disorder in which someone has an inflated sense of self-importance. Now, I personally know a lot of people like that primarily men, but women can display these symptoms as well. And it's just nasty, man. It's just nasty. I don't like it at all. And I steer clear of those type of men for real. But anyway, symptoms include an excessive need for admiration, disregard for others' feelings, an inability to handle criticism, and a sense of entitlement. And even though the typical NPD man may achieve great achievements, ultimately their functioning in society can be affected because these characteristics interfere with both personal and professional relationships. Again, like I said, relationships don't last very long with these individuals. They just don't. A large part of this is the result of this narcissistic man not being able to receive disapproval or criticism of any kind. He doesn't take it very well. He doesn't process it very well. He doesn't look at it as constructive criticism. And also, in addition to that, the MPD man, 
typically exhibits a lack of empathy and overall disrespect for others. They also say in my research, when I was looking at all this information, they said NPD appears to be more widespread in males than females, and they don't know why. Okay. They also say that when these individuals show up in a psychiatrist's office for treatment, they have issues of anxiety and depression. Research also shows that diagnosis is rare, fewer than 200,000 U.S. cases per year. And they say the condition is chronic or lifelong and cannot be cured. I personally do not believe that it cannot be cured. I believe that it can be cured depending on the person. Again, I'm only repeating what psychologists agree on. So we'll get around to what the Bible says in a moment. So there are eight symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder that I never knew about. I didn't know this stuff. Had I known this stuff before I married my ex-husband, honey, girl, I would have been out the door fast. But anyway, here's what it says. First of all, first of all, these individuals are preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, and ideal love or ideal love. They believe they are special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other high status people or institutions. They need constant admiration. They feel a sense of entitlement. They lack empathy. I said that before. They envy others and they believe others envy them. They are also manipulative, controlling, and demonstrates arrogance and conceited behaviors or attitudes. Now I ask you, does any of this sound familiar? Is this information causing your brain to churn a little bit and turn and and think? Now, I'm not diagnosing my ex because I'm not qualified to do so from a world scientific perspective, from a medical perspective. But honey, honey, he definitely fit. He definitely fit the description. This man, this man had no empathy. He was arrogant, braggadocious. He thought he was special and unique and different. And he was constantly seeking admiration Now that's four out of eight. So are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, if I were a doctor, I would definitely classify him as NPD without a doubt. But let's move on. Let's go to the Bible, my favorite book. The Bible speaks of our inherently selfish nature. Ladies, Humans, by nature, are selfish. We were born selfish. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 3 says that all of us at one time lived to gratify the cravings of the flesh. Oh, yes, I did that years ago, years ago. And then God delivered me, praise God. But anyway, and we were by nature deserving of wrath. This dates all the way back to the beginning of the human race. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the forbidden tree, 
It was the lure of their selfish desires, their desire for pleasure, popularity, and power that drew them. The same thing that drives people today, the same thing that drives narcissistic people today. The Bible says there ain't nothing new under the sun, and there isn't. In the book of James, it says selfish desires uh, that start quarrels. It's selfish desires that start quarrels, and those selfish desires give birth to sin and sin to death. The Bible also says, and he also knows that where you have selfish ambition, you have disorder in every evil practice. Ladies, it's this attitude that gives life to narcissism. It's that attitude of power, control, is all about me. Selfish, selfish, selfish. That's what gives birth to narcissism. Now, here's the difference between dealing with a narcissist and dealing with someone who isn't a narcissist. Someone whose selfish condition is not defined as lifelong and incurable is able, able to recognize that they are wretched and need help for their condition. They need help. Narcissists, they need help. That being said, someone who is truly a narcissist would never admit that. Why? Because it would be devastating to their identity. It would mean having to surrender and give up control. You know, these narcissistic people to me are like Satan because Satan, he likes control. Control is something a narcissist has to have. First John chapter five, verse 19 through 21 says that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Satan has minions everywhere, people who are feeding his narcissism and who are codependent on him, not believing that he is evil and falling for his lies. And the same holds true for a narcissist. He looks for women who he can control, who will fall for his lies, who will feed his ego. His ego is insatiable. He never gets enough. Like Satan, if a narcissist doesn't have followers to control and manipulate into supporting their cause, they are reduced to nothing. Their life has no meaning. It's literally an unbearable situation for them. You see, narcissists will still kill and destroy to maintain control. They promise you everything but fail to deliver. And once they have been found out, they leave a trail of broken relationships behind them. And then guess what? They quickly move on in search of another unsuspecting conquest, another woman who they can hook with their lies. They are lies that embellish the story and puts them in a favorable light. They are the victim. They were the ones that were hurt. It was the woman who wronged them and not the other way around. They never take onus for their own stuff. And every time they destroy a relationship, the cycle repeats itself. That's why they go from one relationship to another, constantly chasing after the gold at the end of the rainbow that does not exist. Here's my final point. In his letter to the Romans, Paul talks about his selfish and evil desires and desperately cries, what a wretched man am I? Who will rescue me? 
His answer, God, who delivers us through Jesus. Wretched means deeply afflicted, dejected, or distressed in in body or mind. Narcissism, in my opinion, is curable. It's curable. And they were talking about removing it from the DSM so researchers could spend more time determining if it's a mental disorder. I don't know if they did that yet, but that's what I read. That's what I heard. But here's my take on it. And I don't know if you'll agree. I don't know. But if narcissistic men would admit they are deeply afflicted, then they would see their need for change. They would see that they need God. I believe a narcissist can change his behavior. All they have to do is renew their mind. Yeah, that's right. The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of the mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. So, ladies, I will leave you with this thought. Narcissists do not have to stay stuck. They do not have to insist on being overbearing, aggressive, selfish, unempathetic, unemotional. It does not have to all all the time be about them. They can learn to communicate, to love, to have a fulfilling relationship. But they have to admit that they have a problem. And they got to go to God to fix it. God can fix anything. God can turn things around. There's nothing too hard for him or nothing impossible. So it starts with the person. So I don't believe what the psychologists say when they say it's, it's an incurable mental illness. I don't believe that. So anyway, that's it, beautiful ladies. Um, next week, I will share the type of women narcissistic men are attracted to. And as always, I don't want to end without offering you the prayer of salvation. So do you know Jesus? Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, now is the time. Accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior saves you from being trapped in sin, which results in eternal punishment. Beloved sister, beloved brother, if you're listening, tomorrow is not promise. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord, I am a sinner. I repent of my sins and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died in my place and rose from the grave to make me new and to prepare me to live in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. Forgive my sins and save me. I place my trust in you alone for my salvation. 
and I accept your free gift of eternal life. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I have prayed. Amen. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. I pray that God will bless you in the city and bless you in the country. May he bless your coming and your going out in Jesus' precious name. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, thank you for listening to this podcast. It's been a pleasure sharing what's on my heart. I hope you enjoyed the chat and that it was helpful. Until next time, keep striving with faith. God bless you all. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the She Strives with Faith podcast. To hear more about how you can tap into the power of striving with faith, join her next week. If you found value in the episode, give her a rating or tell a friend about the show. Follow Berthina on Facebook and Instagram for a more personal chat. Until next time, strive to keep faith alive. Thank you so much for listening. It was really great spending time with you. Once again, I'm Berthina Jackson, author of Without Ruin, Pearls of Wisdom for the Triumphant Woman, purchasable at Amazon.com. Feel free to reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram. I look forward to hearing from you. Till next time, Berthina. Berthina.